May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning to all of you, and, and good morning to all of you online that, that join us for worship here at 11 o'clock. Now, I have not proven, been proven wrong just yet, but I'm sure uh, one of you could probably do it with your family histories. But I wager that my family might be one of the first that has ever coined a word that you have heard like this. And I'm pretty sure somewhere in history, someone has, has probably used this as well. But I have hope. But if you ever come to my home and hang out with my children, Jackson and Gabe, it first started out with Jackson that at, before he could really speak, but he was beginning to somewhat say words or phrases of words that would actually mean something, he would come up and say, da. I, and da would be assigned to something and actually have a meaning. Da is what he would call his security blanket. And one of these things that actually got at a baby shower for our first child, one of these really soft blankets, Jackson, it was his security blanket. I know some people have teddy bears and uh, both little boys and little girls seem to attach something when they're really small to security. And when it's not with them, they can panic. So if you've ever babysat uh, my children, um, A, thank you for that, if you ever have or will, but if, if one of them comes up to you, Jackson or Gabe, and says, where's my doll? Where's my doll? You could see I have no idea what a doll is, but doll means security blanket. And as my six-year-old Jackson has grown up a little bit, as we all do, we come to that point when we let those security things go and just move on to the next thing. So he now has what is called a thunder blanket, where without that, that heavy weighted blanket to sleep with, he has nightmares and he wakes up in a panic. But with that blanket, he feels like he's held in a hug all night long and it helps him sleep through the night. And then as, as we get older, Gabe, you know, he, he's still now passed down from his brother. He is looking for Dawes and has a Daw that he still holds and doesn't want to let go of. But then consider us. We want to feel secure throughout all the generations and ages of our life. For some of us, that means maybe we have a weapon somewhere in the home. For others of us, maybe we have that ADT uh, alarm system. And I know it seems like in the, in the past few years, something that's very popular is those doorbells with the camera on them. And I, what do you bet? In another five years, they'll actually have an eye scan on those things. So the person that's actually there, you can say they really are who they say they are. Security is a big business in an industry, and we all want to feel secure, do we not? Well, Paul is going to bring that before us today as we finish out the final section of the eighth chapter of Romans. And that larger idea and concept and theme of security is what Paul brings before us as the children and the family of God. 
He does this by asking four questions, and then he answers those four questions. And each answer he gives to these questions he'll ask are supposed to give us an assurance of our security in the family of God. So those four questions, we're going to look at the heart of those very questions and the answer that Paul gives as we talk about the security that's granted to us from our relationship with Jesus Christ. So the first question he asks, which you've probably heard this one, maybe you have quoted it before, if God is for us, who can be against us? The very heart of this question is the things that would come before us, the things that would be piled up against us in this life that would cause us calamity. Now, it's, it's the things that, that we struggle with and we go through. Just think of it this way, the things that when the deck is stacked against you, And you're just in this season of feeling like you can't escape one major calamity that comes your way or a season of them. Have you ever been here to where you're going through something really hard and then you think, okay, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel as whatever you're going through uh, begins to subside and then all of a sudden another one comes behind it. And all of a sudden you find yourself in this pattern of feeling like, are these things, are these circumstances in my life going to keep coming at me? This is the very heart of that question that that Paul is bringing before. If God is for you, who can be against you? Or is there something or someone out there that starts speaking these lies into your ears that you being the children of God, whether it comes from something inside or whether it comes from the very pit of hell, start saying to you the opposition that you're going through right now, you may begin to question the love of God as one of the children of God. Does God actually love me? If I'm having to go through all of these oppositions or these long season of opposition in my life. And Paul says, no. And when you find yourself in opposition as a children, as a child of God, you should know that the love of God trumps all of the circumstances that are going to be thrown at you in your life. That is the first of the four questions. The heart of that question is opposition. And Paul gives us the theological point. The love of God walks with you and covers through the victory of the cross all of the circumstances that will come your way. And see, Paul's going to build each question that he is going to bring before is actually going to build on itself. That if you listen to this voice in the back of your head that tempts you as a child to God to say the circumstances and the opposition that you face is greater than the love of God. He offers an assurance and a security within that the love of God indeed is enough to meet you where you are and walk with you through all the opposition you will find in this life. So the second question he will ask has to do with accusation. 
Now, if you, if you find yourself in, that, in any part of life or even today, showing up, maybe listening to those voices in your head saying, well, if I'm going through a hard time, have I done something where I'm being judged to do that? I'm sure we have all had that wrestle at different parts in our life where we may feel accused. We hear a voice of accusation saying something in your past. Is it coming back to haunt you now? Something you may have done yesterday that you thought you have laid at the feet of the cross to be dealt with. Have you not fully given it over to God? If you begin to listen to those voices like I'm in that hard circumstance of opposition and am I being judged or is something happening to me because of something I have done? Just picture it this way. We're in a courtroom and Jesus is your defender, your advocate. And all of a sudden, who is trying you on the other side is a demon. And you're in front of a, a group of your peers that will decide what your, your future it will, will look like. And the demon that's trying you stands up with a list of things, of accusations, and said, look at the life that this person lived. In third grade, they kicked the dog. In sixth grade, they were mean and ran off their Sunday school teacher. And as life unfolds and as we mature, the things that have happened to this person by the hands of others, the things that this person has also done wrong, look at the laundry list, guilty as charged. But Jesus stands up and says, I have evidence contrary to the guilt that that list proves. Right here, the scar marks that happened to me when I was on the cross. It made that person that is a child of God wiped clean of any past offense, of any sin today, and of any sin tomorrow. Because of what I did on the cross, this person is mine. And they are no longer guilty of any of the things that are accused of doing. We, have, we can have the temptation as children of God to fall back into old ways and to start thinking, I was rotten at one point in my life. Or maybe I was rotten to somebody even today. But no, there is no accusation against you as a child of God. They're starting to get even building on each other those first two questions of no opposition and no accusation for the children of God. That leads to the third question, which is condemnation. And we hear now there are two C words which get in kind of big theological words which have their place in our walk. One does and what one doesn't. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, Conviction is a thing that is good, that leads you to maturity in your relationship with God. When the Holy Spirit or someone walking with the Holy Spirit that you trust comes to you in love and says, that decision you made or whatever path you have your life on now may not be the right one. When someone speaks that kind of conviction by the Holy Spirit into your life, that is a good thing. But what is not true is condemnation. 
You see how it just, it's a one-up that Paul uses. If you start listening to those voices that might bring you listening to accusations of past things in your life, you can, all, you can jump to, well, maybe God doesn't love me at all. And maybe I am condemned to the guilt which I deserve as a sinner. But Paul says he gave his son for you. And why would he not give all the other promises that come through his son to you as a believer and as a child of God? And from there, he shows that Jesus died on the cross and that he resurrected and then rose to be at the right hand of God where he intercedes for us daily. What Paul is saying, if you happen to feel the temptation of listening to that fear of maybe being condemned, don't hear those words, but know your full, forgiven, redeemed identity because of the love, grace, and mercy of Christ that came through his cross and through his resurrection. Those are the, the, and I love how Paul finishes off as these are all building on themselves. And I have to admit, I, what, maturing still in my own Christian walk, as we go into these days and times ahead in which we lived, I have heard the temptation of all of these things coming to me from the evil one hitting me in different ways. And I'm so thankful for the words we have of Paul this morning, which are hope and remembrance of the assurance of the promises and the security that we find as children of God. He finishes off with the fourth question, and I find it very interesting how he does this. No separation because of the love of God for the children of God. Your relationship with God, even when you can't feel it, or even when God seems very distant, is there and remains intact. And we hear Paul say it, he actually uses seven different forms of hardship that he himself had gone through. It starts with hardship or distress, which I think we could all say we find ourselves in even today. And then it goes to points where people may not have a shirt on their back or any enough food to eat during the week. And then he goes through oppression and even to death. From just having hardship to when we are on our deathbeds and everything in between, God says that nothing above, nothing here, nothing below, nothing in this life, nothing in the next life, or nothing in creation can separate us from the love of God. What a word we have before us this morning. Our security is assured to us as the children of God. That when we put ourselves in any of those hardships or all of those hardships in which Paul listed, we don't have to run and cower. Now, I love some of the language that Paul is closing up with when he says, here, this is what he doesn't say, that because of our identity with Christ and our security within, that we can cope with everything that the world throws at us. He doesn't say that. He says, through our security in Christ, we can be more than conquerors. Not just copers, but more than conquerors through our relationship and through the security granted to us 
from the very cross of Christ. What a word we have before us this day. If you find yourself tempted to listen to any of those voices in your mind, to point out the opposition, if you're, you're feeling accused that your slate of sin has not been wiped clean, and that might lead to condemnation or even separation from relationship with God, rest assured from the words of Paul that you fully know and live into your assurance of the security that is granted to you now and in, well into the future. All praise, honor, and glory be to our Lord and Savior who makes this type of security possible for all of us. Amen.